today. We're looking at Ephesians 4, verses 20 through 24. That, however, is not the way of life you learn. When you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new, to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Amen to His word this morning. Um, I'd like to thank everybody who helped get the baptismal floor ready today, uh, so we can get the service. Really appreciate it. And this is what the church should be doing: uh, preaching, praying, reaching. Seeing people get saved, seeing people be baptized in water, and following Christ, feeling the call of Christ on their hearts to uh, walk with Him and speak with Him and do what He's asked them to do. So I appreciate that this morning. And the uh, some now my terms are going to get maybe wrong, and when I talk about the Book of Ephesians, I'm not I'm going to be jumping all over. So just be ready for it, okay? So if I get the verbiage wrong. As the way the church operates, uh, give me another year or two. <laughs> In the October Fall Council meeting, you, the congregation, approved of the following things. The new board members to come on for the next year. The budget that we projected for the next year. And you voted me in to be your pastor for another year. Next Saturday at 9 a.m. is called the Reorganizational Board meeting. Is that the correct terminology? The reorganizational board meeting. That's when the board will come together to discuss all the things that we really don't want to know about the church. We're going to get into the weeds and discuss the nuts and bolts of how the church works and what the church does. And we're going to talk about those things, the business of the church. From the board meeting, during this next Saturday meeting, commissions will be formed. Each commission will break down and begin to work on their goals for the coming year. They'll do that based on what they have done in the last year, based on what they feel is in their heart, and based on the budget that they gave to the stewards to give to the council to approve. They will operate in those guidelines. These commissions only function because of individuals, people who want to use their gifts, and talents for edifying of the Lord Jesus Christ. Men and women of God using their gifts for a commission by way of the board on behalf of their congregation to help the congregation grow, to help us reach out and serve and follow Christ. Other men and women of God in our congregation who you may never know about, they choose not to serve on a commission, but they want to serve God in their own way. And I believe they use their gifts and their talents to hold the congregation together. They hold us together, and they help us to encourage one another that we grow in our faith. The board gets together, commissions, and it push, 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 push. We got to go here, we got to go there, and we got to do certain things. And people in the congregation, maybe they don't want to be a part or hear all that. But then we have people in the congregation who hold us together and keep us going in a good direction. And I'm so thankful for everyone who serves in the church. All of this brings our congregation together. It helps us to grow in our faith. It extends our ability to reach those along the way. Yet, individuals in the church, 
boards, commissions, however way you want to find it, it only works through the life of an individual who has been made new. Someone who's accepted Jesus Christ and said, do a work in my heart, do a work in my life, I want to follow you. And that's my focus this morning in the book of Ephesians. I want to talk about a new you and a new me in this new year. In Ephesians, Paul lists a few new things that's going on in the church. Number one, he says there's a new people of God in town. This people is made up of Jewish people and Gentile people. Now, to put it in perspective of where I guess we do it today, this is made up of Baptists, Lutherans, Catholics, you know, Presbyterians, Orthodox Church. There's only two kinds of people back in the day. You was either Jewish and followed the law of God, or you was a Gentile heathen who followed all kinds of false gods. But Paul says there's a new people of God doing a new work in his people and touching them. So there's a new people of God made up of Jew and Gentile. He says there's a new way to form this people. How are you going to get a Gentile person who worships all kinds of God and a Jewish person who worships only one true God, but within the Jewish religion has different sects of Judaism? Scribes, Pharisees, Essenes, all of these things going on. Who's going to bring all these people together? How is God going to bring a Baptist together, a Brethren together, a Catholic together, an Orthodox together? I don't care what denomination you're from. How is he going to bring all these people together from different backgrounds and different ways of life? Paul says one thing, being filled with the Spirit of the living God and not the letter of the law. It's not that what happened in the book of Acts. All these people from all over the world, all the different religions and thoughts coming together. Peter preaches the word of God. They're saved. They're touched. Their hearts are changed. They accept Jesus Christ as Savior. They're filled with the Spirit. And somehow they work in unison for the glory of God. So Paul says there's a new way that God's going to form his people. And that's being filled with his Spirit and not the law of the letter. Opening that law up says, you do this, you do that, you do the other. He says, no, it's God touching the heart of men and women saying, I want to do a work in you on the inside. Paul says there's another new thing, and it's a new man. What does a new man entail? If he says we are new in Christ to put off the old way, walk in a new way, like, what does it mean to be a new man? What does it mean to walk in Christ, follow Christ, and serve Christ? He lists several things all over the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. Number one, he says, a new conversation. Speak the truth and edify those around you. Don't condemn, don't cut down, don't judge, don't harass, don't bother, don't be mean to. He says, speak a new thing. Speak truth in love. And edify somebody. Build somebody that you can grow in Christ, you can serve Christ, and you can follow Christ. He says, don't speak the old way. The old way was old, nasty, mean way. But he says, speak the truth and edify others. Secondly, he says, a new man has a new spirit, a new heart, and a new mind. That don't make no sense to me. A new spirit, a new heart, and a new mind. Basically, get rid of all your grudges and hard feelings. Look at things from God's perspective. How does he look at you? Now, if we're true, Brit, God say, you are a miserable, rotten sinner. But I love you. I sent my son to die for you and for my son to live through you. I love you because that's who I am as God. I love you regardless of what you're doing and what you're saying and how you're going. God says, I love you. Therefore, I don't have a grudge against you. I 
which is given to you. I wonder in your experience, do you know what it is to breathe the Spirit of God? I'm pretty sure we all do. It's called putting you in check. You know when you does something wrong, do you not? And you feel guilty for maybe three minutes. But then you justify how to get over that guilt. And you move on with your life. At that point, we just suppress the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. We say, no, you cannot work here. I must be God of my own life in this department. And Paul says, why grieve him? Why not allow him to work through you, to touch you? Live your life in a new way and don't grieve me. But allow him to work through you to what he wants you to do. That's what the new life entails. Everybody makes it hard and difficult and imaginary. It's just living your life for the glory of God. Simple as that. That's what it means to be a new person. What does this mean to function? How can we function the way Paul says we need to function? He says several things. One, be kind to one another. Two, forgive one another. Three, be humble. Four, use the gifts God has given you because he called you for the task that you're in. I don't care what you do to help the body of Christ. It is your talent. It's your ability. It's your God-given thing to do. And you should not suppress that gift or talent in your life. When you do that, you hinder the work of God, not only in your life, but in who others he wants to touch and wants to minister to. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. Use the gifts and talents he's given you because you've been called for such a task. What are the results of being a new man and doing these things? The saints of God will grow and the ministry of the church will extend. I'm going to say something very controversial. And I really don't, don't bother me none. We can serve Christ, I suppose. You can serve him any way you choose to. However you want to serve him, have at it. You can choose to serve him out of guilt. You can serve him out of pressure. You can serve him out of tradition. We all can justify in our own mind and our own hearts how we're going to serve Christ. We'll find the scriptures. We'll find the friend. We'll find whatever we have to find to justify how we're going to serve this great God. But you know what? You will only grow as a Christian. We will only grow as a church, and we will only extend our ministry in the church. We will only grow when the individual believer serves out of love. Sometimes I can't stand that word love. It gets too 1960s for me. <laughs> but we're only going to be successful when we serve out of love. Are we going to argue the vicar? Of course, it's the nature of any relationship. But love covers a lot of mess. And love says it's going to be okay because he made it okay with me. He wants me to make it okay with you. If it gets okay with you and me, we can work and we can grow together. Well, only grows a congregation when the individual believer decides to serve the Lord Jesus Christ out of love. Why do I believe this? Number one, is that not how the Lord Jesus Christ served? Now, I know he got on the Pharisees and stuff. He got on the scribes and stuff. Uh, but when the lady come running to him, and all the Pharisees wouldn't wash Jesus' feet or talk to him like he was a man of God, but that woman come running to the door. She bowed before him. The Bible says she washed his feet with her tears. She took her hair and washed his feet 
He had touched her life. She had heard what he was saying. She needed something new in her life and in her mind. And she says, I believe you're God. I believe you are the master. Over and over and over, Jesus came to serve. He came to touch. And he came to change people's life. This is what he done in the scriptures. But I believe this is how he changed my life. I already told you about my friend who came to church here. Lonnie would pick me up every day. Every day he picked me up to go ball. I, I don't want to repeat a lot of things, but the bottom line is when I was so drunk, laying in a ditch, of course he kicked me out of the car because the cops was behind us, but he did come back and get me and pick me up and take me home. He took me where I needed to go because he loved God. He loved the Lord Jesus. And I don't know what he saw, but him and his mom must have saw something in a sinner guy and said, God loves you. And it is love. I don't condone, don't appreciate, but love for God. And I think he wants to do something in your life. Have you not had an experience in your own life where somebody's come up to you? You didn't know why. You didn't understand. And they just threw the love of God at you. Didn't that draw you to the Lord Jesus Christ? No condemnation, no judgment, no hard feelings. He just came in and Jesus Christ changed you forever. This is how Jesus served. This should be our experience in life and the way he ministered to us, touched us and changed us. And this is what Paul says in the book of Ephesians. This is what he says about the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, Jesus is the teacher. Jesus is the head of the body. Nobody runs this church. The Lord Jesus Christ runs the church. He directs it. He leads it. He guides it. He forms it. He uses it. And he sends it out. Everybody has a role in the church. But the only big dog sits in glory and intercedes for the rest of us. So he is the head of our body. He distributes the gifts and the talents and the abilities. He's the one who lays it in your heart through your life, through your experiences and what you go through. And he says, I want to for my glory. Don't worry about nobody else around you, what they say or what they do. Only follow me and me alone because I want to use you. Jesus Christ, he's the only Savior. He's the only life-changing God. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. We are to follow him, follow his light, follow his guidance, follow his direction. Nobody else am I to follow but him. Anything I say or do or walk, it should be in line with his word and how he's directed my life. Because Jesus Christ does all these things, there is only one Lord, Paul says. Only one Lord. In the Gentile world, they had God set up different temples around. Jesus Christ is the only Lord, Paul says. He says there's only one faith. There's not a Baptist faith, a Brethren faith, a Catholic faith, a Orthodox faith, a Lutheran faith, a Presbyterian faith, a Pentecostal faith, a Jesus only faith. There's only one faith, and it's in the Lord Jesus Christ, loving Him and serving Him. He says, That's all there is. He says, You're arguing and you're bickering. Follow Paul, follow Paul, follow me. And Paul says, None of that. Follow the one who died and rose again. There's only one faith. And there's only one baptism. We spoke about baptism last week. There's only one baptism. When you go down in that water, you're dead. You are dead to yourself, to your will, to your life, to your way. And then you rise up. And you are made new. There's only 
God working in our lives? It's Jesus Christ. There's only one church. The church is blood-bought. The church is spirit-filled. And the church is all over the world. You and I are part of that universal church. He saved us. He changed us. He made us new. He gave us gifts, the talents, and abilities. And He put us in a congregation for His glory. You can go to any church you want to, but wherever you go, use what you've got for the glory of God. Well, it says, we can exist for the next 30 years if we want to. We can just come along, come along, come along, or we can say, I'm dead. I want to be made new. And Lord, I want you to make a difference in me so I can make a difference somewhere else. Those are our choices in life. You and I are part of the church. Oak Street Brethren, as we enter this new year with all these new things going on, all the things you're going to vote on and prove, all the work that you're doing and helping the church out, all that things is very good, but each one of us must become a new person and say, work through me, work in me. I want to be a new person in you. And when you make me new, there'll be fire all around. Lives will be changed forever because God has changed you. May each one of us become a new you in this new year. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, I just come to you now in Jesus' name. I thank you for the book of Ephesians and Paul laying it down so clear what it is to be a new man in Christ. The simple things of life. We can only be new and grow as we serve and follow you and open our hearts to you and say, do a work in me. Only you can heal the broken heart. Only you can restore that which is lost. And I ask this morning, Lord Jesus, if there's anyone here who's struggling in their own heart, in their own life, if they're really broken on the inside, only you, God, can do the work that needs to be done. We're just vessels for you to use for your glory. But touch that one this morning, Lord. Help them to know in their hearts that you do love them, you do care for them, and you will do the mending because of the cross of Calvary. You will touch them by your Holy Spirit because you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. I ask you, Lord, to hear this prayer. I ask you to touch the Oak Street brethren. Minister to us, Lord. Speak to us. Speak through us that we might reach those around us who are struggling along the way. Make a difference in our lives. Lord, I'll give you the thanks, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 I would ask, I'm going to do the benefit.